2: KM to 10 p.m., Keith McPherson on the fan. This is a quick one, man. I mean, (laughs) I came in here at like 5 o'clock tonight. I thought I was on at 6. I got wrapped up in watching the Rutgers game, listening to the post game. I wanted to hear the head coach speak, and I didn't get to speak on air until a little bit after 7, and here we are in the 8 o'clock hour. Two more hours to go. We already did the Casamigos big shot. We talked plenty about Rutgers and the Pinstripe Bowl. We talked plenty about the Jets and the Browns already. And then, of course, we got a call on Tommy DeVito and the theme for the next four things that I'm going to talk about, which we were talking about if you heard us before the break. The theme is disappointment. You know, when I was a little kid, I got into sports on my own. Nobody told me to start watching anything. Nobody put me on. The the TV put me on. The television put me on. Scrolling through TV and I guess just seeing – Uh, grown men play the games that I played at recess and outside with my friends and you know when I was a kid I guess I was a front runner because I like to win I like the joy and the satisfaction of feeling like I was a part of the winning team at four or five years old right that's when people like oh you're a Cowboys Yankee fan yeah stupid I was A little kid in the 90s with no guidance and no direction. My dad didn't make me a Mets fan or a Jets fan. I got to choose for myself and I stayed loyal. But I I say all that to say this. None of us get into sports to be disappointed. None of us go out and buy tickets to the game and buy merchandise and watch all these games and bet on these games and live for these games. It's appointment television. You set your schedule for every game to watch your team and you talk about it all day. You listen to the fan all day and all night. Nobody gets into that for the despair, for the agony, for the sadness. But you have to know it comes with the territory more more than the joy, more than not. So, man, there's been a ton of disappointment in the year 2023. I can't wait to see what 2024 has in store for New York sports. Tommy DeVito became such a cult favorite. Because he was one of us. It was a Rudy story. It was out of nowhere to say, wow, look at this guy. Don Bosco prep. Cedar Grove, he lives with his mom. He likes chicken cutlets. His mom does his laundry. He's quarterback in the Giants. Forget about the eight games the Giants lost. This guy might be our quarterback of the future. We had hosts here at WFAN saying he was better than Daniel Jones. We had hosts here at WFAN telling you he could be the next Tom Brady. He could be Brock Purdy. Slow down. I I understand the disappointment, right? But you can't mask your disappointment in the season with fool's goal, with false hope, with something that's like, it's just not. It was never going to be that. And with Tyrod Taylor now getting the start, Tyrod Taylor has 56 career starts in the NFL. He should be starting these games. He's clearly the better option at quarterback if you're trying to make the appearance, right, if you're trying to make it seem like you're going out there to win and compete. So the disappointment in the season, you you had to latch on to a three-game win streak, which Tommy DeVito did not win those games on his own, but a three-game win streak, which during that time, a lot of hosts, myself, C-Mac, and others included, were saying, hey, this season's over. Lose these games. Go ahead and lose these games for your future quarterback. There's some good quarterbacks coming up in this draft. You're gonna want to have your pick. Brian Dable is a QB whisperer. You want this new regime in year three to have the GM, head coach, and quarterback of the future onward. New York Giants, but Tommy DeVito was a good story. And uh, you know he, him himself. He came out. He said, they, "When when you're on top, they they love you. When 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 you're not, they hate you. Whatever. I don't think it's that drastic. But he he stayed pretty even keeled and mellow. And I I've said from the jump, I thought he was a good guy. I thought. It was a great gesture by him to um, make all of his appearances, even though we heard some things about the money. But the disappointment, right, going back to Richie from Queens and his call, the disappointment in the Jets season. Aaron Rodgers chose the Jets. We're going to the Super Bowl. The New York Jets were the most bet on team out of all 32 teams in the NFL to win the Super Bowl this year. Think about that. That's not just Jets fans. That's people watching the entire NFL. Aaron Rodgers is a magnet for media. He's a media magnet and a master manipulator. And what I just say is, man, there should have been more of a plan B, an insurance plan. Did we not think that the cursed Jets and the karma of Aaron Rodgers would just create an explosion of disaster? At some point, not four plays in, but maybe four weeks in, maybe at some point we just thought it was too good to be true. No? Right? We, we buy into the hype. Don't believe the hype so much. We, we just get blinded by the hype of Aaron Rodgers is coming. Look at him. Throw the ball on Hard Knocks. Hard Knocks isn't football. Hard Knocks is a movie. It's HBO production. They film all week, and they paint this picture that everything is great and rosy. They didn't tell you about the offensive line. They didn't tell you about what they were lacking On offense. They didn't tell you about the coaching and what the offensive coordinator and head coach lacked. And after all is said and done, more was said than done. Aaron Rodgers was going on Pat McAfee every Tuesday and needed something to talk nationally about, to tell the national audience, because he couldn't talk about what he did in the game. Tuesday was his game day, and he had to lead us on this fake ride to his return, which never happened. He said, Give me your expectations. Tell me your timelines. Doubt me. Go ahead, all you naysayers, doubt me. And then what What was it? Oh, he's, he's on crutches. Oh, wow. Oh, week five, six, he's on the field. He's throwing. Oh, he can stand? He didn't tear the Achilles in his arm? The players literally, Brees Hall in an interview saying, yeah, he's coming back. The players on the Jets believed he was coming back. So much so, they did rip off wins against the Broncos, against the Jets. They did keep their season alive. But the focus should have been, how do we maximize Zach Wilson in year three? How do we change our offense and get the most out of this kid because our defense is good enough? It ain't about Aaron Rodgers. He's 40. He ain't coming back this year. He's not going to defy modern medicine. He tore his Achilles. It wouldn't be wise to rush him back more disappointment in a season where everybody bought Aaron Rodgers jerseys and season tickets and bet on the Jets to win the Super Bowl. They're eliminated again, and the drought continues. And, I mean, tonight, look at the parallel, a team that loses their quarterback in Deshaun Watson, who at the time that they acquired him, they broke the record for the most guaranteed money ever given to a player. And Nick Chubb, who honestly most people thought was going to lead the NFL in rushing yards this year without splitting carries with Kareem Hunt. He shatters his leg. And what do they do? Their defense carries them. They fight their way through with P.J. Walker and Dorian Thompson Robinson and good defense, a good offensive line, and Kevin Stefanski, a good offensive-minded coach. I think think Kevin Stefanski's offensive-minded. But whether he's offensive or defensive minded, he's a good head coach. The Jets don't have a good head coach. Stefanski was a quarterbacks coach and running backs coach. He's he's an offensive minded coach, not a defensive minded coach. But he's got a hell of a defense. In Cleveland, they're ten and five. They didn't just tank their season and say, "Ah, oh, we'll run it back next year when Deshaun Watson and Nick Chubb are okay." Oh, yeah, we're good. No, these weeks are precious to us. These games are precious to us as fans. And then last but not least from Richie's call to go back to the disappointment and the narrative and the common denominator and the thread through our two football teams and two baseball teams, we were sure going into this football season, all of us said it, every host here at WFAN could not wait for baseball to end. In August, we knew that that the Mets couldn't win a game in June, or win a series, excuse me, in June, and the Yankees had a nine-game losing streak, and Judge was out. By the time we got to late August, September, we couldn't wait for football to kick off because we were almost sure that the Giants were going back to the playoffs and that the Jets had Aaron Rodgers. They were winning the Super Bowl. We were almost sure that football was going to be more fruitful, prosperous, a fun time. No, it wasn't that at all. Four plays in for the Jet fan. And, uh, I mean, four plays in for the Giants fan, too. You get smoked 40 nothing at home by the Dallas Cowboys. It's just a lot of disappointment, man. So, uh, hopefully 2024 is different. But all I can say to put a cap on that is don't believe the hype. Taper your expectations. Root for your team. Stay down till you come up. But understand that, you know, the guys that they compete against – they make millions, too. They drive nice cars and live in nice houses, too. They're all pros. And hype? <laughs> hype is nothing. And we live in New York, the hype capital. 877-337-6666. Let's go to Warren down in Forked River, New Jersey. What up, man? You're back on the fan.
3: Back uh, on. What up, Keith? Hey, Merry Christmas. Happy holiday to you, brother.
2: Yo, Merry Christmas, man. Uh, congratulations as well. I think I saw... On your page. Yeah, bro. Yes,
3: you're expecting? Nah, 14 days already in, bro. She oh, you've already away. had the baby. Yeah, she congrats. already came in, bro. So yeah, I got in it, bro. You're, you're, Thank you, man. You're, Thank congrats you, man. on
2: becoming a father. At 14 days in, I, I think about where I was. I was deep in the not sleeping, figuring it out.
3: Yeah, so, bro, listen, I was it's my third time out of the house. I, I, you know, I did every due diligence I could do around the house. And I wanted to go see my high school play a basketball game. I, mean, be-
2: I think he's still there. Warren, you still there? We had to dump you. Just, it- <laughs> just- say yeah, it he's still there. We just had to dump you. We got we got this is a children's program. We got to keep it clean.
3: Yeah, you're right. My fault. <laughs> um, yeah, Coach Mack got a win today. So I was uh, I was really happy to see him and see the boys win. But uh, I was driving home. And like, the conversation like, you touched on three topics, I was like, "Wow, this is great!" Like you were talking about, um, you were talking about Joe Flacco at Delaware. You were talking about, um, you were talking about Rutgers football, and you were talking about your time at Jane at, um, at right James up America. your alley.
2: Yeah, that that must have yeah. hit you. That might have, that hit you right in the heart. Like, hey, <laughs> this guy's speaking to me. <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. So like, I had the same situation I was playing in Delaware, and we, you know, I had to go against Pat Devlin. Penn state transfer yes I'm, and I'm looking at him throwing the ball around the field i am like dude, I'm like I'm a lacy kid, I'm six foot nothing one ninety <laughs> I could barely hit the hitch to the field, and uh, <laughs> you know and it, it was just it, it, it hit home, but I wanted to you know shout out um, Rutgers defensive coordinator Joe Harris Simiak. he was at that time was my defensive back coach at Maine, yeah. and uh, now he, he's jumped from Maine to Minnesota. Man, don't you love always- it how
2: football is so connected, the degrees of separation and how guys in the coaching realm just kind of make their way up? And, uh, you know, even even like me having stories, I only played a little bit of college football. But the degrees of separation that we have from these NFL guys and these coaches, it's like we're all connected. Yeah,
3: man. And it, and, it, and it's so like funny because like, he got into it as a 30 year old like we were. Uh, we are now, and, like, he rode a wave, and now he's even to Quirinetta Rutgers, killing it. And they're and, great, uh,
2: and that defense is solid, yeah. Yeah,
3: man. So I'm just giving a call shout-out him. Tell you Merry Christmas, man. Happy New Year. And, uh, yeah, man, I, I, it's my third time out of the house since uh, the baby was born. I, I know
2: ago. it. I know it, dude. Congrats to you and your wife and your family. Enjoy it. And uh, take a bunch of pictures. And try and get uh, sleep when you can. If, if your mom or, or her mom or your, your grand, the grandparents, the baby's grandparents want to take a shift, let them get a shift so you can sleep.
3: No doubt, man. And, I, and just to touch on the um the giant situation, you know, obviously I give a, uh, you know, I care for every quarterback that plays quarterback. You know, I, I understand it's a tough role. And, you know, Tommy DeVito, he got benched at halftime, and everyone was questioning. Everyone was texting me, why did they bench him? Why'd they bench him? And like you, you hit it on the head. Like I, I was like in to wait to tell, talk about it. You hit it on the head and said, "Listen, Tyrod has started fifty-five games. Devito started four.
1: Right.
3: You know. And and like you know, and Tyrod went into the game in the second half and like had, had the ball bounce his way. He get you know hand the ball off. You know, get a pick six. And everyone's like, Tyrod is you know getting lucky just at a third. But no nah, man, like he experience he can football plays."
2: Game. And you know yeah. what? Tyrod has been cold. What happens if, you know, this week he's got a week of practice and reps, and maybe he can go out there and they think that the Rams are a team they could compete with, and they do. Hey, They're at home. It they want to win one yeah. of these last two games at home.
3: Absolutely, man. And the Rams, Rams got a powerhouse offense. They're getting hot. That's not a bad, you know, that's not a bad win two games in, on the fan duel in the playoffs, man. If they, they, they get in there, that's a hot team to bet with good odds. But I mean, Tyrod's our best option. It, it, yeah, it, it's, we it's simple. You it. can't it, bet Devito. They, you, I mean, you I love and I love Devito. Don't get me wrong. I, I love, love the DeVito. kid too.
2: Don Bosco was all for this story as soon as he entered that uh, that that Jets game. But you know, like I said, how how many games of film do you need to evaluate a quarterback? He played seven games. We've seen him enough. We, there's nothing else we're gonna see.
3: Right. You and, saw him and, against yeah. the
2: good teams. You saw him against the bad teams. You saw him throw the ball. You saw him run the ball.
3: Right. And, and these NFL coaches are getting paid so much and there's so much pressure, they find the weakness quickly. So, like, so now there's a blueprint. You know, they lost to the Saints, lost to the Eagles, had some struggles. Guess what? You don't think these guys are copying and pasting every plan? And that is how it works in the NFL. And that's why Tyrod is, is a better option at this point because he's been there, done that. Everyone knows his weaknesses and he still somehow finds a way to move up and down the field. You know what I mean? Like occasionally when he has a supporting cast around him. So I love DeVito, but like, you know, Tyrod is the better choice going forward for at least the rest of the year. Now if now if if DeVito would have won the last two games, you know, hey, that's you know, ride ride it hot. You know, they gave him a
2: long leash. They gave him a a long run. Warren, you're the man. Thanks for the call. Just gotta move it on. My show will be over in ninety minutes. That's Warren Smith. Him and I graduated the same year down in uh the Shore Conference, played against each other in high school. He went on to University of Maine. He was a legend there. He even went on to play some uh, arena football quarterback. That's you're, you're listening to quarterbacks from the Shore area that went on to play college ball in what was the Atlantic 10 and became the CAA. And, uh, you know, we're, we're talking ball on the fan, as we should be this Thursday, football Thursday, watching Joe Flacco, another quarterback, get in there. Yeah, I think I had Jerome Ford touchdown. First touchdown goes to Jerome Ford, and that's a passing touchdown by Joe Flacco. First drive, opening drive, the Cleveland Browns march down the field on the Jets defense and take the lead. It's 6-0, about to be 7-0 once they tack on the extra point. Let's keep it rolling. Good time to talk to Chris from New Jersey on the fan. What's up, Chris?
4: Hey, what do you say? How's everything, Keith? A long time listener, first time. Ding, ding, ding. Appreciate it. I'm good. How are you? Good, I'd like to give you a shout out. Have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. I just like to say, uh, you know, I live in Monmouth County and I've been following you. My son graduated from Monmouth also a couple of years ago, and I told him about you. I said, "Hey, you got an alumni on the radio. You got to listen to him." You know, so I
2: appreciate
4: uh, that. Yeah, I just calling, uh, like you said. So uh, my daughter went to University of Delaware. So uh, I was at a football game once, and Flacco was there as an alumni. And gave some speeches at halftime. Like I said, that guy is a monster. You don't realize till you see somebody in person, yeah. you know, how big it is, you know? Yeah, you know, he's uh, all of 6'6", six,
2: six, and I would guess he's probably like 240. And when I saw him in person, I'm like, there was no way in hell I was going to compete with this guy for the starting quarterback job.
4: I mean, you don't realize how big these guys are because, you know, they're all big. I'm not saying, you know, so when, when on
3: you want to see they you're like, oh, okay,
4: you know. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So you see them in person, you know. And one little correction. Now, if you go to University of uh, Delaware, like my daughter did, it's not Newark. It's Newark.
2: <laughs> that's the jersey I <laughs> me, yeah. I always, I say Newark. Yeah. <laughs> I say Newark because I'm at the Rock Prudential Center with the Devils. And, yep. yeah, you're you're 100% correct. Thank you for the call, Chris. And and thank you for, you know, telling your your son to listen, Monmouth University, go Hawks. We do have an alumni on the fan, and uh, you know, I love the ties to all the different, even even Delaware. And you know, he said his daughter went to Delaware and Flacco, and it, it just a local feel. And there's a lot of talent that comes out of New York, New Jersey area. And yeah, you just saw. I mean, David and Joku, as we're talking about Tommy DeVito. Tommy DeVito, the pride of Cedar Grove. He went to Don Bosco Prep, but David Njoku, I just learned this year. I think I learned on the fan. Someone called me, and I looked him up. David Njoku played at Cedar Grove High School, went to the University of Miami, who just lost to Rutgers up in the Bronx, and and, and Njoku just had a a big game, probably a 40-yard gain that was most of that drive, and him and Joe Flacco are cooking right now The Browns are looking like they're about to win 11 games tonight, beat the Jets, clinch, and go on to the playoffs, powered by two Jersey guys. you love to see it. Tom is in Hillsboro. What's up, Tom? You're on the fan.
4: Hey, hey, what's going on? First off, Merry Christmas. Happy New Year to you, sir.
2: Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thanks for joining us.
4: So, real quick, you said something. Well, I got a couple points, but I'll probably only get one or two in, and that's totally fine. I get it. I'm in the industry. You got a show to run. But here, man. You you made something you made a really good point earlier about that Tommy DeVito you know was kind of the fool's gold and you know everybody jumped on it even I did I was I was excited for the kid but um the fool's gold really was last season that was an anomaly yeah. okay this yeah. is a this is a brand new coach a brand new general manager quite frankly I think what really has to be looked at is the Giants scouts those scout those scouting guys I mean. I, who they're bringing in for offensive line and the back and the and the backfield is just it's just it's just abysmal. And and last my last point too, and I'll let you go is this Giants team faltered and failed the day that they got rid of Tom Coughlin, and I will mm-hmm. go to my grave with that. Mm-hmm.
2: Great call, Tom. Yeah, take it take it a step back from the whole twenty twenty three season, Tommy DeVito. I, I think year one of the rebuild under Shane and Dable, a lot of us were fooled. A lot of us thought that they were going to... I, I listen to Giants fans call a fan that thought that this year they were going to be able to take a step forward to be able to compete with the Giants and the Eagles because last year they went on the road and won a road playoff game against the Vikings who were super frauds. And when you watch the Giants last year, I remember I did the Thursday night live show with Kim Jones. I miss Kim. Kim Kim hasn't been around here anymore. She took a a nice, uh, I think, upgrade with Newsday or something like that, and and we stopped having Kim Jones on the fan or or being in here. But Kim and I used to talk, and Kim would always be in the locker room, at the facility, interviewing the Giants players. And her and I would talk pre-show. And I'm not a Giants fan, but watching the Giants, I'm like, they are the team that people sleepwalk the week of practice through, and then they end up getting punched in the mouth in the fourth quarter and the Giants steal the game. Now, that's hard to duplicate. But if you remember last year, all we talked about was how the Giants didn't have the guys, right? Not It wasn't the X's and O's. It was the Jimmy's and the Joe's. The X's and the O's they had. Between Wink Martindale calling a defense, Mike Kafka on offense, and Brian Dable as the head coach, they had good coaches to to scheme them into games, right? That's what we were saying their edge was, that they get in these games late and they can steal the game, their game plan. You know, watching film and preparing for a team that could keep it close and then steal it late. Saquon Barkley can close you out. Daniel Jones can close you out with his legs. But we're looking at the disparity between the names on the rosters. You know, how did they beat? Lamar Jackson and the Ravens last year? How did they go to London and beat Aaron Rodgers and the Packers last year? How did they go to Tennessee and beat the Titans week one in Tennessee after the Titans were the number one seed in the AFC the year before? They had a game plan, a scheme, but they they were throwing the ball to Richie James. Kenny Galladay was terrible. You know what I'm saying? Like, offensive line was like makeshift, and they were just kind of hanging around, so... Tom made a great point about, like, Tommy DeVito wasn't so much the fool's gold. The fool's gold was last year winning that playoff game and thinking that the rebuild was done, thinking that the Giants were rebuilt in a year. Now I think this year just shows you that that one-off, like you said, was an anomaly. That, that That wasn't real. They just stole enough games and the way that the NFL is, you know, you you steal enough games mathematically with an extra wild card and other teams falter. You happen to be a team that can get into the wild card and you draw the Minnesota Vikings who were fraudulent themselves. They won a bunch of close games, one-score games by the skin of their teeth last year. And then you go into this year, the Giants named 10 captains You give Daniel Jones $40 million. Saquon Barkley gets a little bump in his pay. Uh, You have the coach of the year. You have Andrew Thomas as an all-pro. You make a couple picks. You have a cornerback that you like. Uh, You expect Kayvon Thibodeau to take a step forward. You know what I'm saying? So uh, The expectation for the Giants to have another 9-10 wins and go back to the playoffs was fool's gold this year. And then after they lost all those games, And, you know, we thought peer-tier teams were like the Seattle Seahawks. I remember Tiki saying peer-tier, and that the Seahawks were a peer-tier team. I remember Morash saying that, you know, this is a playoff game. They have to beat the Seahawks. I'm like, they're not going to. The Seahawks are a much better team than them. And look at this. Brees Hall and the Jets. An immediate answer. Trevor Simeon and the Jets drive down the field and score. It's a tie game coming up after Zerline adds the extra point. They made that look easy on the Cleveland defense, folks. Hold on. You know these Thursday night football games can get a little wacky. I threw like 20 bucks on a couple different parlays and whatnot because I made the mistake of not betting that Chargers-Raiders game thinking, oh, the, the Raiders scored zero points and lost 3 nothing the week before. The Chargers are rolling out Easton Stick. This game's terrible. They're not going to score any points. I'm not going to waste a dollar on this. I'm not even gonna bet the bet the unders and then how many points was there? 80 some points were scored in that game. Every guy that touched the ball scored a touchdown. Where if you bet and just put a couple of parlays together, you would have cash. So I I threw some stuff together tonight. So far, so good. The over unders 35. There's already 14 points on the board. It's a tie game. And the Jets coming off of beating the commanders, they believe in their offense a little bit behind Trevor Simeon. Zach Wilson's time is done. Aaron Rodgers is over there with the headset. I guess him practicing and physically being there is what the Jets needed. Too little, too late, but the Jets can play spoilers some tonight and prolong the Cleveland Browns from clinching on their behalf. 877-337-6666. Let's take a break here since we're halfway through the 8 o'clock hour. Call me up if you want to add something to anything I've said, if you disagree with anything I've had to say. If you want to just chime in on the Jets, on the Giants, on Rutgers, on college football, NFL football. It's a football Thursday on the fan. Keep McPherson, your nighttime host. You got me till 10. Call me up. We'll be right back. If you're not watching Thursday night football, what are you doing right now? I mean, I know there's college bold. Call from mom. Answer it.
0: Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
0: You have 47 new voicemails.
1: Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply.
2: Games on. I mean, no local basketball on. But this game is nuts. Keith McPherson on the fan, you got me for another hour and some change. I mean, during the break alone. David and Joku drives to <coughs> excuse me drives down the field with the Browns again. He's got 113 yards receiving. I just put the live bet in for him to have 200 on the game. The Browns score. They run it in with Kareem Hunt and the broadcast is talking about how they've had so many injuries on their offensive line. They're down to their third and fourth string tackles. But they're running the ball just fine. They've got 160 Eight yards in the first quarter. There's four minutes left in the first quarter. They missed the extra point. The score is 13-7 right now. Here we go. Third and two. Joe Flacco and the Browns trying not to settle for three. Looking to punch it in and make it a 20-7 game. Oh, how can I forget? Rookie, Israel Abanaconda, after the touchdown and missed extra point. He fumbles the kickoff. That's how Joe Flacco and the Browns have the ball again. uh, Goal to go. That's how it's 13-7 and if they score here it could be 20 to nothing. This game is crazy already. I mean, say say goodbye to the under. I bet the under in one of my parlays, but say goodbye to that. Okay, Jets defense, Quinn and Williams standing strong. They hold them. So most likely here the Browns settle for a field goal to make it 16-7, but we've got a game. I want to see that Jets offense get back on the field. I want to see what that Jets offense does. Hold on. Maybe Kevin Stefanski, offensive-minded coach, looks at his book and says, it's first quarter. We have a six-point lead. Let's go for it on fourth down here. We don't have to settle for three. It's not late in the game. We're playing the Jets. They're going for it on fourth down. Here we are, folks. If you're not watching this game, what are you doing? 877 337 That wouldn't have been my play call. That wouldn't have been the, the – who were they trying to target there? Cedric Tillman in the back of the end zone? He's not Amari Cooper. The Jets' defense holds. So after Izzy Abanaconda puts the ball on the carpet on the on the kickoff after uh, the Browns score, you're thinking that the Browns – I'm thinking the Browns are about to go up 20-7 to seven here. That Jets' defense holds them. Now the Jets' offense will come back onto the field uh, with the ball at about the four-yard line, three-yard line. We'll see what they do. Let's get back to the phones, though. Thanks for calling. Thanks for listening. Keith McPherson on the fan. Mikey's out in Queens. Mikey, what up,
0: bro? What's going on, Keith? How you doing, King?
2: Hey, I'm good, man. Thanks for checking in. I'm just watching the game, taking calls, talking sports, and then uh, I'm done for the week in 2023.
0: That's what's up, man. I hope you enjoyed your Christmas with the little one. I know the first one's always special.
2: Yeah, it was. Like I said, the the switch flipped where – uh, Christmas Eve and even Christmas morning, I do not care about opening gifts for myself. I do not. I, I literally forgot there was a oh. one o'clock game. I was so wrapped up in being dad and having my my son open gifts and uh, you know wearing the matching pajamas and cooking breakfast for everyone. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was a good time, and I'm looking forward to him getting older and older, and uh, you know Christmas being special that way as a parent. Yeah, I won't
0: forget my my son's first Christmas. I had I bought him like four pairs of baby Jordans, and the first thing he did was walk, o- crawl over to them, and he turns around and looks at me, and with the biggest smile on his face, and starts trying to put them on his hands and awesome. feet. It was like the most adorable thing ever.
2: Yeah, that's great, man. <laughs> Hopefully, you had a yeah. good Christmas as uh, well.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good. So I got two things I want to touch on with you. Uh, first, real quick, um, in your opinion. Who do you think should win the MVP race right now? Or should win MVP, I should
2: say. In the NFL, it's funny, right? It's week to week, just like the matchups are. And before we got to see Lamar versus Brock Purdy, everybody was saying it's Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy. Uh, two weeks before that, when Dak Prescott was riding high off and of beating Seattle and beating Philly before he went on the road to lose to Buffalo and Miami, they were saying, Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott. It's Lamar's trophy yep. to lose right now, and he's already got an MVP. It's Lamar Jackson. I know that I was about right to now.
0: say he's only twenty six years old. If he wins MVP, I'm pretty sure he would be the youngest player to have two MVPs. I'm pretty sure. I'm absolutely. I'm not positive and on that, but
2: there, I think I think that would be absolutely true, uh, without even having to, you know, look it up to have two MVPs at under twenty six years old. And you know what the narrative has already begun though. Right, because I believe the year he yeah, won exactly. MVP, they lost in the first round Twenty-two to the Chargers. Yeah, that was yeah, so the narrative now is, hey, if he wins this MVP, they better get to the Super Bowl. He can't lose again.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I, I, I'm i with you on that. I think, Lamar, like you said, it they, goes week by week. Mike, so they're right not going to give Lamar, it to a
2: running back. I understand everybody's saying you know nah. Christian McCaffrey, but we haven't seen a running back yep. win it. Since like Adrian Peterson, Ladainian Tollins, like they just don't give it to the running backs. It's no, a it's a quarterback, quarterback award. League. Man, it's a quarterback. It's a award. quarterback
0: award. Yeah, exactly. It's a quarterback award. And like my whole thing was with Brock Purdy when they were saying uh, he should be MVP was all of his yardage is really yak yardage. It's he dumps the ball off to CMC or he dumps it off to Debo, and they're all short passes, and these guys break tackles yeah. and make. And- People missing the open field, and all of the yardage is yak.
2: Yeah, when they needed him to throw downfield in that game, when they were trailing and they needed to take some shots downfield, it was very revealing uh, what type of quarterback he is. He is that type of system quarterback game manager uh, because he wasn't able to bring him back. And there's an interception thrown by Trevor Simeon, and it's looking like the Browns defense is going to score. Yikes. Touchdown, Browns. Um, so the other thing... Interception, pick six. I'm sorry. No, I'm just I'm watching the, the game other... and keeping people updated on the ride along. The uh, yeah, the Jets yeah, offense yeah. comes back out there. Trevor Simeon throws an interception. It's a pick six. And uh, the, the Browns are now up 19-7 waiting on the extra point.
0: That's ridiculous. I'm in the car, so I'm not watching. But um, the other thing I wanted to ask you is, what's your opinion on Dak getting that bag? Supposedly $60 million.
2: Yeah, I knew it was coming. Uh, on Twitter, I, I made a joke and I put it out there. I said, What about Trey Lance? <laughs> Jerry Jones <laughs> traded for Trey Lance in the beginning of this season, which to me was saying, Hey, we don't really have that much confidence in Dak Prescott long term. We're going to take a fourth round pick and take a chance on this guy, right? Maybe if Dak sucks this year, we're not going to have to extend him. Nope. In the first year of Mike McCarthy calling nope. the offense, Dak Prescott puts up MVP type numbers. They're going back to the playoffs. I don't know if they'll win another 12 games, but they've already won a double digit 10 games. They have to extend them and they have to pay them like the top ranked quarterbacks are getting paid. Jerry Jones is an idiot. This is a fourth round quarterback that you could have had for the low. You could have locked him up for a 10 year deal for low money, and you're just going to have to keep paying Dak, and they're never actually going to get over the hump and win a Super Bowl.
0: And this is after his eighth year, man. This is crazy. Like, He's about to get that bag and be the highest-paid quarterback in the, yeah, in the again. NFL. And that, I think that's wild.
2: Again, he already fleeced them. They franchise-tagged him twice, and then they defaulted into yep. after paying him um, like over $40 million, close to $50 million. And now they yep. got to up that again and extend him again because they want to do the extension and not a whole new deal. And when you look at the, the market, a fourth-round quarterback you, you don't have to pay anything. Making that type of money. But they never believed yep. in him. They didn't believe in him in the beginning. Yep. If they would have just had some kind of belief that he was their franchise quarterback in the beginning.
0: Some kind
2: of case, yeah, yeah. They could have gave him a long-term deal for nothing, and he could have been locked up for 10 years for the low. But now, yep. that's going to stop them from paying guys like Micah Parsons, C. D. Lamb. you yep. we'll see, they have to pay Micah Parsons and C D Lamb. But the Cowboys are going to take a they step back to. because they're going to have so much money tied up in the quarterback.
1: Yeah, the run be game. Crazy. They can't run the
2: football a- because they paid Zeke too early. They paid Zeke before Dak, and they had to they had to literally cut Zeke because he was about to be a sixteen million dollar running back past his prime this year. They had to tag Tony Pollard. Yeah. Right? I'm a Dallas fan, unfortunately. But I remember Giants fans telling the Maras, we want football people, not family. Cowboys fans need to be saying to Jerry Jones, we need football people, not family. You and your son, yeah, Steven, running the operation as president and GM, you, you, you don't know what you're doing. You need some actual capologists in there and some smart people to help yeah, you well, make those decisions. Yeah, we all know
0: Jerry's nuts. We all know Jerry's nuts. I mean, as, as Cowboy fans, we all know he's nuts. Like, he's, what he does is just ridiculous. He thinks he's the game manager of the team. It's, it's insane. He's the star
2: on the but helmet. That I, star on the Cowboys' helmet, Jerry sees yeah. himself as that star. He does radio. Could you yeah, imagine uh, John Marrow or Woody Johnson having a weekly spot on uh BT and Sal? No. No, that's crazy. That's what he I could, does out couldn't there.
0: Couldn't imagine Dallas. any coach in the NFL. Think about like Kyle Shannon, owner like owners.
2: You know, like, not yeah. even coaches. Owners. Imagine yeah, the know, owners I know, I know, I calling know. into the local radio station to talk about the team. It's preposterous.
0: Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's crazy, man. That's crazy. All right, well, listen, it was a pleasure speaking to you, and I hope you have a happy new year, Keith. Uh, thanks so much for taking my call.
2: Appreciate it, Mikey. Be good. 877-337-6666. Let's see what the Jets do to respond. It's 20-7 to out in Cleveland. Offense is back on the field. Flag on the play. We got a break. Call me up with your takes and your thoughts. Keep McPherson on the fan for one more hour on this Football Thursday BRB.